0: For all of Gabriel's show dates and ticket links, go to GabrielRutledge.com. Or don't. If you would like to support this podcast by subscribing for $5 a month, click the Substack link in the episode notes. You won't get any extra episodes, but Gabriel will think warm thoughts about you. And now it's time for the, the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty free hip hop music. <laughs> Here's your host, Gabriel. Coming to you from Salinas, California. From a Holiday Inn Express. Uh, Not driving home. Not driving home on this podcast. Uh, I could have done it on the way back from the airport uh, on Sunday. Kind of feel like I'm not going to want to. So I'm doing it here. And also, I can do something in a hotel room that I can't do. Um, While I'm driving home. And that's drink alcohol. So. That's fun. Salinas, California. I wouldn't have said this. Before. I don't know. Two or three years ago. But um, I'm in John Steinbeck country. Famed American author. John Steinbeck. Wrote about. This area. Grapes of Wrath. East of Eden uh, Other ones <laughs> This is the oldest sentence I've ever Probably said in my life I'm about to say But I wish I had more time tomorrow I would go to the John Steinbeck Museum What? Cannery Row Another one kind of in this area Anyway I've listened to a lot of uh, John John Steinbeck novels in the last uh, three or four years. A lot of people are, uh, you know, a lot of people think uh, East of Eden is his best one. I'm I'm more of a Grapes of Wrath man, but, you know, to each their own. Just like I was in my own John Steinbeck novel. um, I walked to A.M.P.M. and bought Michelob Ultra Tall Boys. We did a show... uh, I'm hosting the uh, San Francisco Comedy Competition Finals Week right now. We did a show in Carmel, California. Did not get a hotel there. Too expensive, probably. But, uh, man. Fancy. We did a winery. uh, Outdoors, which always kind of sucks. But just uh, a higher class of... Not higher class like they're better people, but, man... Just even how they're dressed. You're like, wow, you didn't buy that at Target. They didn't dress like they bought it at a Target. They dressed like they own a Target. It's uh, it's hard hosting. I always forget until I have to do it. But this is uh, it's not an easy gig. I got to go out. Do 10-15 minutes Get them warmed up Introduce everyone Not fuck up any names Say the judges names Like anyone cares Promote things I have to uh, In this contest Same with the Seattle contest I'm in charge of whether or not The uh, uh, comedian gets this Encore point Which is worth a point I mean the crowd's supposed to go nuts For 10 seconds But I'm the one who's like Take a bow So if I don't say it You know they're not getting that point they're not going to do the well that night i don't need that kind of responsibility which is why everyone gets the point part of your job tonight other than being here thank you for that other than having a great time thank you for that is you are part of what is called the tremendously obvious encore point which means uh a little early but thank you (laughs) uh After the person goes, after the comedian uh, goes, and uh, I come back on stage, I'm literally going to count to 10 like this. If you give a sustained round of applause with noise for 10 full seconds, that person gets what is called the encore point. Which, and how this works, one point is worth a lot, but how they do the math in this thing. So, uh, we're gonna practice. What's your name, sir? Jim. Jim, can I ask your last name, Jim? Tony. Jim (laughs) Tony. (laughs) Okay, let's pretend Jim went up there and just kicked the shit out of this room. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Talk! Do what do you do? What's your job? Plumber. Plumber? <laughs> you know what? You should. Yes, yes I, I should. should. The that's toilet that's flushes that's now. Jim Tommy! But yeah, it's just, uh, you know, first night. First night of this uh this week, the first show of the finals. We were in uh Rossmore, California. You know what? I'm just gonna say right off the top, uh this is my first courtyard at a retirement community. <laughs> uh in a retirement community. I mean not like a retirement home. But you know they have their own houses around, but it's like a gated community for fifty-five plus people. And if you were fifty-five, you were like, there was no one there fifty-five. I mean, they were that crowd was telling me I could move in in seven years. I'm like, slow it down, Grandpa, slow it down. I was kind of trying to tease them about, you know, the absurdity of doing a comedy show in an outdoor area at a retirement village. Uh, I had mixed results. Did you have a question, sir? I guess I should mention, uh, I mean, I'm hosting, so it's okay, but maybe don't yell out to the rest of the performers. You guys seem upset by that news. I'm sorry. You're like, you came to our community. We kind of do what we want here. I got you, all right. Also, I guess I should say, uh, silence your cell phones. Uh, you know, when it vibrates, take your medication. You know what I mean? It's that kind of night. <laughs> you see you do. Thank you. One person's honest. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm 48 years old. Uh, okay. Seven more years, I can move in. Well, that's... I wasn't quite ready to start the countdown, but I will let my wife know. Have you taken your medication? Yeah, I take mine in the morning, sir. Uh, what's what's your what's your name, ma'am? Marcia. Marsha? Can I ask your last name? No Thanks for playing along, Marcia. Really appreciate it. All right. for your social security number, Martha. (laughs) He's like, no, I'm not falling for that again. My grandson told me to not talk to you people. But yeah, it's a tough spot, man. You might see a light at some point. Uh, That's to let the competitors know how they're doing on time. That's all that means. So don't worry if you see a red flashing light or a white flashing light. Uh it is not an ambulance. <laughs> I mean those are the same colors around younger people. I don't know why you took that the wrong way. It's called the Rossmore Taxi. It's called the Rossmore taxi. <laughs> it's, <clears throat> it's actually really sad, sir. <laughs> Good to know there'll be an opening in seven years. <laughs> I forgot, it, you know, and I just got to walk out. I just got to walk out and... Also, at the end of the night, uh, like, after the last competitor goes, they have to tally up the judges' score sheets before I announce the order of finish. I have to do, whatever, 10, 15 minutes of material... Which is usually, they're much more warmed up by then, but sometimes they're exhausted by then. So, it's so, that's why they call it the stall set. You know, you're just kind of stalling until the numbers get in. But sometimes at the theater, there's an intermission. And, you know, I got to come out and start another cold room after the intermission. It's not an easy gig. And people also don't know what hosting means. Like audience members, they go like, People say things to me after the show like, wow, you were just the host, but you were great. I'm like, I, I'm great. That's why I got to host. Uh, but anyway, they're paying me. Unlike the competitors, I have a guaranteed amount of money I'm making. They want me to just walk out and start the show. I've been doing my own backstage announcements, I introduce myself. I'm like, I'm not walking out like I'm doing a sports bar to a cold stage. Where some of these are like these big, beautiful theaters. I'm going to announce myself. Ladies and gentlemen, who's ready for a comedy show? Not bad, but we need better than that. It's Saturday night. Who's ready for a comedy show? Please welcome your host for this evening. He has been on Comedy Central. He's a past winner of the Seattle International Comedy Competition, a past winner of the Laughing School Comedy Festival in Atlanta. Go nuts, go crazy for Gabriel Rutland. Thank you. I'm also an answer. Thank you so much spending some budget. It's also kind of stressful being around a, a comedy competition. Even though I'm not competing, I'm around people that are and they're all stressed out and losing their mind and pissed off where they're finishing. And you know, it's kind of secondhand stress. Ladies and gentlemen, who's ready for more comedy shows? This is the backstage announcer, totally not your host, Gabriel. But I'm about to bring him up, and I feel like he lost weight during intermission. He looks good. Please welcome back to the stage, Gabriel Rutledge! There were some, uh, I was talking to a guy in the crowd tonight, and he, he said he was retired. And, uh, he looked to be about 52. So I feel like Carmel's full of like some, uh, I think it's full of tech people, like early tech people that cashed out. That's the vibe I got. And his wife, I mean, it wasn't that cold, but his wife, you know, was, was wearing like one of those Russian fur hats that, uh, you know, you don't see, it's not really a middle class hat she was wearing. Let's just say that. And yeah, she was young. A lot of young brides. With some wrinkly men wearing sunglasses worth more than my car. They weren't bad. They were fine. They were, you know, it's... uh I was actually thinking about that. I think a couple weeks ago, last week, I was doing a show in Bremerton. I was uh, (laughs) kind of the opposite of Carmel. Bremerton, Washington, Washington. A lot less, uh, wasn't a winery, it was more of a Miller Lightery. But I was talking to this couple that had met in high school or whatever, and I I was kind of talking about everyone's story. Every every old person's romance story is like borderline illegal. I wish we were high school, sweethearts. Any high school, sweethearts? Here? Ish? What's that mean? What do you mean, know, Ish? I dated his best friend. You dated his best friend? Look, we don't have time to fix all of your problems. You know, You know what? That's actually a better answer than I thought we were. When you were like, Ish, I'm like, you were like, I was a junior. He was the janitor. Uh, it was a different time. My boy, I don't have a joke about this, but any romantic story from like 60 years ago, you're like, sweet mother of God, is that legal? (laughs) How'd you be, Grandpa? (laughs) You bought her? (laughs) It's true. Don't go too far back in that family chain. The stories get weird. I mean, yeah. There's tons of old stories that are like, "I'm back from the war, time to fuck a high school sophomore." You know, it's that's it was a different time. I'm not even saying I want that to be what things are like now, but you can't judge it by the same lens. I was thinking about that, uh, believe it or not, because of uh, Dane Cook. Dane Cook uh, is getting married. I believe his wife is 23, 24, something like that. He's 50, 51, 52. Um, they've been dating since she was 19. And he was like, whatever, my age, 48. And look, it when a 50-year-old marries a 23-year-old or a 48-year-old dates a 19-year-old Sure, it's worth an eye roll. It's worth a, like, all right, Hollywood bullshit, whatever. Or, not if, even if it wasn't Hollywood, like, a rich guy dating or marrying a very young woman. It's worth a, you know, like I said, it's worth an eye roll. But online, the reaction was, Dane Cook was, like, borderline a child rapist who groomed this poor girl And I'm like come on This is an adult woman Yeah you're dumb when you're 23 or 19 But There's There is a legal age If you are above that legal age Then it's not Creepy right I mean it can be creepy But it's not grooming It's not Everyone's such prudes online now Which is so weird Because like online is like nothing but porn And you know, boob and butt models on Instagram, but at the same time, everyone's such a prude, like, oh, that's not right. Everyone should be the same age. No young women should marry famous rich guys. So, Dane Cook, look, I got you, buddy. Sure, I'll open for you if you want me to. I mean, I'm not even saying you should be Happy. You should be like, what a beautiful love story (laughs) that this 50 something year old man married a 23 year old. But you can't say he's a grooming borderline criminal or what it's fucking ridiculous. And I'm gonna say the same thing about uh Adam Levine? Is that his name? The Maroon Five guy. You know, he got I guess he's been cheating on his lady. Uh, With some Instagram models, some other people. And look, that's really bad news for Adam Levine's wife and family. But why are we as as a society, my first beer, I promise. Why are we as a society acting like we are shocked that a rock star has not been faithful to his wife? what but he's married that's not right like look it's it isn't right it is a shitty thing to do to cheat on people if my wife fucked an instagram model (laughs) yeah i'd have some questions first but i'd also be upset about it maybe maybe that's not a good example if my wife was You know what? If my wife was cheating on me, I'd be like, what? Who? And she'd be like, it's a famous Instagram model. I'd be like, really? Well, good for you. But the point is, I don't want my wife to cheat on me. She doesn't want me to cheat on her. I'm not saying it's nothing to cheat on somebody. But what, do you have a special Spotify playlist where you only listen to monogamous music with monogamous artists as far as you know? Give me a fucking break. There aren't any. Who who who's the music you liked or you do like? That's just I mean, John Lennon has domestic view, uh domestic violence charges have happened in his life. He's dead now, spoiler alert. But like who are these rock stars that people are listening to Her like, and what I like best about them Is I think they're good family men Good lord Maybe this is easy for me to say Because I don't give a shit about Maroon 5 But I mean, obviously there's a line It's like Yeah I can't really listen to Bill Cosby the same anymore Because He's He's raped 70 people. That puts a damper on things. But if you're a big Maroon 5 fan, and you're like, I'm not listening anymore. Not now that I know he cheated on his Victoria's Secret wife. He was already a cliched rock star. He married a Victoria's Secret model. He's doing what he's supposed to do. There's never been a worse time to be famous. You can't even fuck around on your wife anymore. (laughs) I mean, what are these guys thinking? They have to know every sext message they send to people is going to be screenshotted. Shotted? Screenshot? Jesus, I'm tired. I'm not saying it's not bad. I'm not saying he's not an idiot. I'm not saying... Monogamy's not something worth holding on to. Yeah, also he asked her if he could name his kid her name. Weird behavior. I'm just saying. When the reaction to the world is, what? No. It's kind of sad that rock stars have to do the same shit that, like, trolly stupid dudes do to women online. I mean, I guess it works if you're a rock star, but, like, the message was like, it's unbelievable how fucking hot you are. That's, you know. She'd probably gotten a lot of those messages that week. But, you know, the one from Maroon 5 stands out a little bit. Also, I've, I've always been a fan of the Maroon other four. You know? You're not supposed to like music because they're good people. Michael Jackson fucked kids. People still Listen. A consensual of-age affair between a rock star and an Instagram model? Sorry if I don't cry. Sorry if I'm not upset. It's not exactly a Me Too situation. Babies. a, a, A society of babies. And also, look, why are we judging? Why is it like, can you believe? Yeah, I can believe because wherever you work, at the bank, at the grocery store, at a school... This shit's happening where you work. Why are you so surprised Adam Levine's fucking around on his wife when your coworker is also fucking around on his wife? Also don't fuck around on your wife. It's not a nice thing to do. I'm just saying, it's like people are uh in denial of uh <laughs> humans being imperfect. I'm already mad at the internet right now cuz um I, uh, you know, if you're a Gabriel Rutledge fan, uh, you're probably familiar with the joke I do about, as you get older, uh, you suddenly take an interest in birds. And I think I have done the research. I believe I know what is going to happen. I believe I am two years away from caring about birds. (laughs) I do not want to care about birds. But you cannot fight time. And one of these mornings, I'm gonna wake up and be like, What was that? Was that a yellow-thrusted warbler? How did I know that? Honey, get my vest. I feel like most of you are laughing and a few of you are like, Good luck finding a warbler this time of year. Well, uh, I tweeted that, uh, I mean, it's in my, it's on my, I didn't tweet it. I, I put the video out on Twitter, uh, of that bit about mm, three or four weeks ago. It's also on my dry bar special that 650,000 people have seen so far. I don't know if they've seen that far into the show, but it's on there, uh, but last week, uh, someone, am I going to say his name? I guess I'll say his name. I like the guy. His name's Jesse Case. Used to be a Seattle comedian, briefly. Um, I think he lives in Nashville now. I don't know. I think he writes for TV. I don't really think he does stand-up anymore. He has a podcast called Jesse vs. Cancer because he almost died as a very young man from cancer. I think he's doing fine now. He's, let me just say, he's hilarious. Let me also just say before I say any of this, I'm not mad at him. Um he's a, in fact, I saw him do stand up one time, and he did one of my he did one of the best bits I've ever seen in my life. It was like this long kind of moving story with this dark payoff he's a hilarious comedian he's also very good at twitter. I'm not that good at twitter I don't suck at twitter but i don't I don't know there's a certain twitter style of humor um that seems to do very well in there. He has twenty-eight thousand followers. I have less than three thousand, so that should let you know he has a blue check mark. I have a kid I went to grade school with named Mark, so that's something. I actually applied to get the uh, blue check mark on Instagram once because there's a form you can fill out, and it it came back so fast, denied. Okay. Anyway, this is what he tweeted, Jesse Case, a week or so ago. As you age, it's ridiculous how fast bird watching creeps up on you. You spend your whole life being 100% indifferent to birds and then one day you're like, damn, is that a yellow-rumped warbler? Look, I don't own birds. There's another hilarious comedian, Joe Zimmerman, who also has a joke about birds. I didn't know it when I wrote my joke, but I've seen it. You know, same kind of, same basic thought is like, I guess I'm old now because I care about birds. I mean, yellow-rumped warbler and yellow-thrusted warbler, pretty similar. Also, Jesse and I follow each other on Twitter. Also, when I put out the bit, the video of the bit on Twitter, Jesse liked it. He's seen it. I don't think he meant, look, if every comedian is being honest, we've seen something, kind of forgot about it, then sort of done our own version of it because we thought we thought of it. I am not accusing him of stealing. I am not but that's my fucking bit, right? Say yes, right? It's my fucking bit. And look, four people retweeted, six likes, who gives a shit? But that's not what happened. 20,000 retweets. People start tagging me in some of the retweets. They're like, hey, this sounds like your bit. Obviously, Jesse sees that. This is to Jesse's credit. This is why he's a stand-up dude. He sends me a message. He also takes it down. He takes down his super viral tweet. He takes down his 20,000 retweet tweet. If I get 20 retweets, I go to my grandparents' grave and tell him I'm making it. 20,000 retweets. It's kind of funny to talk about retweets for a bird joke, but he took it down, put up a tweet that said, hey, I took down my silly bird tweet. It's very similar to a bit. Gabriel Rutledge does. You guys should all follow him, blah, blah, blah. He did not have to do that. It's very cool he did that. He also retweeted my video that I I retweeted it just so it would be at the top of my feed again. Um... He did not have to do that. It's very cool he did that. But here's the thing, is even though he took down the tweet, it took off. It Because when things like that happen, then it's screenshotted. And all of a sudden on Facebook, all these different meme pages are sharing it. Uh, same with Instagram. So I've gotten like seven messages from people being like, hey, isn't this your joke? From Facebook and Instagram. Um, And look, I don't even know how much that would help. I don't know how many followers he got out of it. Like if it's on, if you saw that on Facebook and, you know, he's credited at the top. How many people, you can't click on it. You can't click on the link to his Twitter. So how many people are going to go search him, then follow him? I don't even know how much it helps him. But I've... Fucking goddamn well, no, it doesn't help me. And it's just... My joke went viral without me. And that sucks. Look, thanks to Jesse, I got probably 60, 70 new Twitter followers. My video of the joke... Had about three hundred views, and now it has four thousand something views. That's cool, fine, but that's my joke, and it went out, it went viral without me. And now, and like, I you know, I see other comedians who are like, or other people, you know, anyone who really likes birds not anyone, but people who love birds are getting like tagged in this stuff. <clears throat> And they're like, oh, it's like he's talking about you. And, you know. And so, look, it's not like everyone in the world saw it, but like if I saw it on Facebook, it came up on my feed in Facebook and it had thousands of comments, thousands of shares. And that was just one thing. I'm like, oh, my God. And I, like I said, let's say it was me who went viral with it. I still don't even know how much that helps me. But I don't know. It's the second time it's happened. You know, you longtime Rutledge heads know I had uh, I had an album called My Safe Word is Meatloaf. I had a joke I did for several years called... Not, well, I didn't call it. <laughs> I don't title my jokes. This joke is entitled, my safe word is meatloaf Oh, I fucked it up, now you know the punchline Uh, It was like, my wife and I, uh, our safe word is Meatloaf Yeah, if one of us says meatloaf during sex That lets the other person know Look, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that That meme is, I mean, a million times bigger Than the bird thing was Uh, To the point where, like, I I wasn't doing the joke anymore regardless, because it was an older joke for me. But if I did that joke now, people will be like, oh, it's from the meme. This guy stole the meme. And so that's how I feel. Like I, I was at that old people's place. I don't do the bird joke every night anymore. It's not an every night joke, but a clean show or a show, for example, where you're at a retirement village, you're like, this is the perfect joke for here. And it's in my fucking head. I'm like, have people seen the memes? Do people think I didn't write this joke? Now I'm in my own head. And it'll pass and it's it feels like everyone's seen it, but of course they haven't. But it's I don't know. It's kind of a bummer, man. And it's two times now. And I'm not I, I wanna reiterate, I'm not mad at Jesse. He did more than he had to do by crediting me and saying nice things about me and retweeting my video and you know, I'm not. That shit happens. I don't exactly know why that tweet went so fucking nuts, but uh, I was right. It's a funny joke. Ah, <laughs> oh, stupid internet. I mean I've done the joke for like I said not every night anymore but you know uh 4 years and it's in the dry bar special but it's like I don't know it's this feeling of like for every share of the tweet or the meme or the whatever for every share of it I want to be like I know I told you it was fucking funny It was like, look, you know, at this point I've written hours and hours and hours of material. But there's probably – there's things you consider signature bits because it resonates so much with people. They talk about it to you later or, you know, this is like my friend or this is like me or I was telling my friend about – that's one of those. That's one of those bits for me. That's one of those 10, 15 bits I've had in my comedy career that were like signature bits and so I, I feel a little bit like someone snuck in and kidnapped my child and they're, now my child is doing very well without me also whatever who gives a shit but I do <laughs> It'll blow over. It's fine. Like I said, it's not an everyday joke anymore. But it's, it's a very weird feeling to be like, hey, 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 that's my joke. And then if you go, hey, that's my joke, then you're the asshole. I learned that with the meatloaf thing. I did that joke for whatever, four or five years. Not one person after a show said I've heard that joke before. But when I said something online, like, "Hey, that's my joke, people are like, "Fuck you, dude, My uncle's been doing that joke since before meatloaf was a banned. My uncle did that joke when meatloaf was raw ground beef, not seasoned and cooked yet. You can't own anything anymore, thanks to the internet, so I'm you know I'm like I said, it was really cool of Jesse to um Give me a little bit of a boost. But man, even he's got to be like, I can't fucking believe this thing. Because it's, once it's screenshotted, like I said, it's on Instagram, it's on Facebook. You know, it's all over the place right now. And part of comedy is like, telling people what they've never realized they've always known. (laughs) And I think that's what the bird bit is. It's like, yeah, that does happen. That did happen to me, or I've seen that happen to my parents, or, you know. So I guess that's the part that resonated with people. Yellow rumped warbler. Fuck me. This is kind of part of being a comedian now You know, it's certainly not just me You know, I know a lot of comedians Who've had things that belong to them Sort of belong to the universe now But, uh, oh well And you know what? I I appreciate the people who kept tagging me Uh, on on Twitter Who were like, isn't this you? I was like, oh, Yeah (laughs) does sound like me. <laughs> that does sound like something I would say and have said for 4 to 5 years. So, my new strategy is to never perform my jokes publicly. That way no one can steal them. And they'll belong just to me. I mean, I feel better that the joke is on my dry bar special because I've often I've often felt in my comedy life like when I stop doing a joke I'm like it deserved it deserved like I don't you know it depends on the day depends on what kind of ego day I'm having whether or not I feel like I'm deserve more or less or whatever but I always felt like I have always felt like my jokes have deserved a more famous delivery system and it's like, I do whatever. I put her on an album. Maybe people listen. Maybe they don't. Of course, thousands of people have heard them performed to them live over the years. But it's not like that one was on a Netflix special that millions of people watched. I just stopped doing them. And then they don't, you know. And so it's, it's look, I have much more of an online presence than I did a couple of years ago. But it's still uh it's still a weird thing to just like to have like to be like, oh if I had a blue check mark on Twitter, would my video have gotten that many retweets? Anyway, go follow Jesse Case <laughs> on Twitter. He's better at it. I should start feeding him more of my material. Hey Jesse, I, I think I got a banger tweet, but I think people would like it a lot better from you. All right, I'm a sleepy boy. I got to drink some more beer, go to bed. I love you. I felt like this was a whiny episode. People took my joke. You know, whatever. Being a comedian is such a, it's like a fake thing. It's like whenever I complain too much about it, it's like, you know, I complain about it like I work at a factory and I'm like, oh, my shift supervisor's a dick, but it's like, hey, that's my joke, and there's memes about it now. It doesn't sound real, but it is real, because, you know, this is the wacky life I have. There were some comments, people said nice things to me and Jesse, but there were some comments like, who cares about this dude, yours was funnier. What the fuck do you mean it was funnier? It's the same thing printed that I said on video. How is his funnier? Maybe I should have recorded this when I drove home from the airport. Anyway, thanks for listening. The several hundred of you who do. As always, do not talk about any of the things we have talked about on this episode with anyone else. These are all secrets. Jesse's great. I'm great. Life is great. The internet sucks until it helps me, and then I love it. Tip your weight, staff. Jesus loves you. Try to have sex this week.